Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Gem Accessories. Gem Accessories is one of the leading accessory manufacturers within the trading card game space. Known for their deck boxes, Gem also has an amazing lineup of binders, backpacks, and more. Some of our personal favorites include the new KLRZ Icons deck boxes, the Secrets Binder, and the Jaguar and Puma backpacks. But don't just take it from us, check out some of these reviews on screen. For all of these amazing products and more, be sure to check out Gem Accessories using the link in the description down below, or on Twitter at xgemaccessories. Again, the description down below, or on Twitter at XGEM Accessories. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. I, of course, am Sunny. I am your host. I'm here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello. I can barely hear in this thing. <laughs> well... You have to keep it on. It's part of the bit. <laughs> so today is our comfy day. Today's the fall episode where we dress up in nice, cozy, wonderful clothes. I have my beautiful sweater on, as you can see. And Caleb, I love your hat so much. Thank you. I also love it. It's why I bought it. It's very nice. Years ago. It fits you well. It suits you well. Starvuska. Used Did I say have, that right? I used to have a much bigger beard as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can also do the accent. You think you can. Anyway. Oh, come on. That was funny. If you don't laugh, then I'm just being mean. That's why I didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, of course, thank you all so much for joining us on today's episode. We want to thank our sponsor again, Gem Accessories, for their wonderful little advertisement there at the beginning of the episode. Uh, we do, of course, have a link down below that you can click for uh, gem accessories as well as a 10% off discount code, which is also in the description down below. 
and of course you also should check out our other sponsors which are etb games millennium threads there's a code down below for 10 percent off uh also you can check out dragon shield who there's an affiliate link and tcg player there's also an affiliate link for the affiliate links all you have to do is click them before you shop and you will get 10 percent or click them before you shop and we will get a small kickback it costs you nothing extra and it supports the podcast for free the other great way that you can support the podcast is of course if you're on youtube subscribing liking all of that or becoming a patron and speaking of we want to thank a moment to thank all of our wonderful patrons so a huge thank you to cam yang top Cut, trouble sunny and caleb Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Marshawn Jones, Zyphris, Yeet Defeat, AD, Ash Joy, and No Blossom. You got it this time. Dude, that's the first time. Did that name has been messing me up so much. The little switch from when I normally get into a rhythm. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh do it for the catnip Lord Vader Cat Sith. Every time. Earth Machine Best Deck, Epi, has anyone actually read Toy Vendor, HGH Cyber, Ian McLincoln, Jarrett Helton, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Quitting the Game as a Floodgate, Rudolph, Sprite Farter, Tier Limits, Havenous, Floodgate in Your Mouth, Unbanned Number 95, Konami, Understanding and Reading are two different things, Virtually Savior's World, Rogue, and Tier 2 are the polite terms for Bad Deck. I still disagree with the two-tier part, Tier 2 part. I don't necessarily disagree with everything being said here, but I don't know that I fully agree or sign off on it either. So, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Brandon Potter, Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Drink Every Time Sunny Disagrees with Caleb. No. Just don't. That's a bad idea. Fur Hire, Dog Turd, Jay Beans Man, King, Old Man Red, or I'm sorry, King king henry old man red pin code 143 ray powell shockmaster did nothing wrong slaking it up sunny is a freaky worm guy and vampire frauline is the only wife who a person should have isn't that right sunny all right well thank you all for your wonderful and creative patron names if you want an extra episode each week and want to have that name read out you can of course find the link to our patron down below now going ahead and getting into today's actual episode we have a pretty cool idea i think for an episode so today being our fall episode we wanted to of course talk about the fall of mankind or at least if some of you give decks throughout the yeah. history of some tier zero yeah. decks yeah so we want to take a few moments <laughs> to talk about these different tier zero decks that we've had coming uh throughout the game's history so we know that coming soon in the near future we will have the release of Mama or Majestic Mavens, which will be releasing the Ishizu support cards. Now, these cards are going to bolster the current tier limit strategy by quite a lot by allowing you to mill a lot of cards from the top of your deck. Now, essentially what this is going to cause is it's the belief that it will cause a tier zero format. Now, we've had a bunch of those actually throughout the game's history some people actually love them a lot they really believe that these tier zero formats are the height of skill in Yu-Gi-Oh. i don't necessarily disagree with that actually oh no 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 because then because if you're because if you're guaranteed a mirror match mirror matches are some of the most interesting uh duels you will ever have Absolutely. no matter no matter what deck you're playing because then it becomes less of a 
who has the what deck has a better matchup more of who's better at the deck yes absolutely managing resources managing triggers and timings and sequencing and it really comes down to like you said just flat out who's a better pilot oh yeah now my biggest issue though with the tier zero decks is yes it's more skill based but in reality in a you know all things are equal in reality it's more of a who has the wallet to actually build the thing to begin with yeah a lot of times these high level tier zero decks do end up costing a lot of money that's but, an understatement <laughs> but i'm gonna be honest with you i don't necessarily think that building a tier one meta deck is any cheaper than building a tier zero meta deck uh it is a little bit cheaper not by a lot i'm talking it goes from like i don't know like most expensive card being a hundred dollars to most expensive card being 120. okay but i don't even know that that's necessarily true that your ishizu core is like eight or nine cards maybe ten mm -hmm. and they're all like twenty to thirty dollars a piece mm -hmm. so two to three hundred dollars for all the ishizu cards yeah but like if tierlaman didn't exist and, how, how and 300 for your for your tier limit cards uh are Perlo, did Perlo, perlinos go down that much they're like 80 80 or 85 did everything else go down that much rhino hearts are like 15 rhino Heart, that's the big one huh that's the one that on normal or special either i think it searches yeah because uh, yeah, i know there's one of them that was like 30 dollars a piece well, that's the fusions. It, yeah, yeah, but it was a one-up fusion. Yeah, so like Which is the required tier limit for the deck to function. <laughs> well, the tier limit cards themselves are like, like it's like one's like ten dollars, one's like fifteen. Rhino Heart's like fifteen, yeah. but you need three, and then the other one's like commons. So realistically, the tier limit portion of the deck, I would say three hundred dollars is a pretty fair number. The issue becomes when you get into like tech cards or wanting to bling it out and also your extra deck in general so i would say seven to 750 is yeah. the full price gonna be the full price of an ishizu tier which is on the low end that's on the low end yeah which isn't as bad as previous times because i think teledad in its heyday was what twelve hundred dollars oh it was it was way more than that yeah minimum just to build it yeah uh dark arm dragon alone i want to say i remember hearing that they were like 300 a piece and you needed three of them i know that when i know that at its prime gladiator beast won six what six sjc's in a row and at the time gladiator beast heraclinos which was only a secret rare which was extremely short printed in gladiator's assault heraclinos was for sure a 300 dollar card at the time which is kind of a crazy thought uh, and Crush Card Virus, when it got reprinted in the Gold Series, was also a $300 card. Here we go. Uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. I guess it depends on the deck and it depends on the format. Yeah, okay. Because so I don't think Pepe was that crazy either, or okay. Spiral. So Teledad specifically was actually closer to 1800 yeah, well, that yeah that tracks. Yeah, let's see. T uh, Dark Realm Dragon was about two hundred and fifty apart uh, a pop. Card Trooper was forty ish. Mally was twenty five. Destiny Draw was thirty. All e that was, tracks was a twenty five dollar common. Karibons were five. Whoa, Etelly was not a common. 
Itelli was released oh, as common Crebons. It, it's oh yeah, it's Kre- a run yeah, on Kre- sentence. Yeah, Crebons was a common. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's a run on sentence. Uh, common Crebons were five a piece. Common card being five dollars a pop. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crebons is one of the best commons ever released up to that uh, point. For, uh, dollars for Solemn. All this was ran at three for a full deck. Was about fifteen hundred to two grand. TG, yeah, easy. Uh, yeah, and then TG was nothing compared to Dad. Blah blah blah. Thank you person who posted this whose account has been deleted yeah we appreciate it's it. a 10 year old post yeah, yeah 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 so overall there can be a price ceiling on tier zero formats and that's why a lot of people don't like them but i would argue that sometimes they're really not any more or less expensive mm-hmm. than your average tcg format okay. now another issue in my opinion with tier zero decks is that everyone's playing the same thing great Everyone's playing the same thing. Not great. Yeah, it gets that boring. is a huge issue. It gets boring really quick. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, for people that are playing a ton of the format and they are all in on the format, they're playing, you know, 10... every weekend. Yeah, 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 10 games a day of that format. And they're just playing the mirror over and over and over and over. And you're going to events and you're doing well because you're playing the mirror over and over and over. And you know what to expect and you know how to play these games and you know how to outplay your opponents. It's great. For the highest, highest pinnacle of competitors, it's great. But like even those people eventually eventually admit, yeah, I'm kind of bored. Because it's the same thing that I've been playing for four months. Over and over and over that I've been playing for the past month, month yeah. and a half. It's usually about a month to month and a half before people start getting bored, usually, from what I've noticed. Yeah. Now, things get a little bit wonkier. I didn't hear as many people complaining about something like the Adventure Engine. And and, and I know, I know, when I say Tier 0 and the Adventure Engine in the same sentence, it sounds wonky, like that's stupid. Adventure was never Tier 0. But if you look at the representation of earlier this year of the adventure engine plus the dpe engine between those two engines if you just said adventure dpe and put that combined into a deck then you're realistically looking at close to about a 65 percent representation rate which is tier zero yeah that 65 percent is the line that that does in fact factually quantify it as tier zero right technically it was yeah. zero. Now it but, wasn't its own standalone deck, which I think is where a lot of people kind of draw that line in the same. Yeah, end. yeah, because it was an engine. But I, I think it was a tier zero. It was two tier zero engines being played at the same time in almost everything. But there's very few decks that weren't playing either adventure yeah. or DPE or both. But I mean, that's like saying the Solemn Brigade was tier zero back in uh back in uh what was that twenty twelve. Yeah, but I, I think that their difference is the Solemn Brigade is three generic cards, mm-hmm. whereas the Adventure Engine is similar to the Zodiac Engine circa 2017. So, like, we're going to talk about the Zodiac Engine yeah. was a was an engine, right? It wasn't well, necessarily... It, it had its own deck, but the tournament that it had 100% representation in... 100% representation in Top Cut. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Even for Tier Zero, that's not, crazy. Not the first time it's happened. You know, it is the first time it's happened. But boy... As far as I can tell, it's the first time it happened. Yeah. Because, like, I remember... The closest that it ever came was GOAT format. Because I I remember there being a Dragon Roller tournament where 
all but one deck of top cut was all dragon ruler and that one deck that might have been a regional which was top eight yeah but this was top 32 of a ycs oh, yeah which is even yeah more bonkers yeah but but the way zodiac was used there was like zodiac kaiju there well, was zodiac this there was zodiac that there wasn't really the by the time you got to that point zodiac was used as like a 10 or 15 card engine but it was the main engine of the deck though it, i don't know that that's necessarily true would you say the zodiac eldritch deck of 2020 when you had like virtual world running around and stuff like 2020 2021 mm -hmm. would you say that like that zodiac eldritch deck was more of a zodiac deck or more of an eldritch deck because you only played like it was more of a zodiac deck well you the only played like eight or nine zodiac cards but you played like 15 Eld eldritch cards and then like a bunch of generic traps yeah but like the strategy behind the deck from what i remember was you always started with your zoo engine and if that was failing then you fell back on your Eldritch engine. Or if you didn't draw into your zoo engine, use your Eldritch engine until you got to your zoo engine and then use that to punch. Well, you just use Zodiac Dryden as like a continuous advantage engine to pop. And mm -hmm. that kind of went alongside your Eldritch engine as also an advantage engine. So you had two separate engines, both generating advantage at the mm -hmm. same time. And it was kind of the only deck that could withstand dragon dragon uh, link and virtual world at the time because if your opponent went vfd on you the best thing to do against vfd turns out is to just set five and pass yeah oh yeah oh yeah no yeah no it was definitely yeah but like to me that just feels more of a i'm a zoo deck with a plan b yeah but they had a bigger outlet engine than a zoo engine well yeah but that's just because at the time what were th like they ran almost every single zoo card that was good to be fair and a few of the ones that were bad <laughs> yeah because they had to and yeah. it's like yeah because like the only good ones are what thoroughblade whiptail rat pierre rat pierre uh ram rams is, is all right it's not great no ram ram's really good at, at that time ram ram was yeah. crazy uh bunny blast is all right no bunny bunny blast is not good it's okay okay hold on wait you said you said thoroughblade yeah. whipped whiptail both rat of which were three ofs yeah. rep here which was a one of because it's limited. limited yeah forever limited yeah ram ram was a three of yeah uh and then a bunny blast was used mostly on uh Master i saw Duel. i saw like one bunny blast ticked yeah. in sometimes in that particular yeah, but deck. bunny blast is primarily used master duel though that that's just because it's a different yeah and beast. i never saw the monster one because, like, Bunny Blast lets you negate a spell trap, uh, or a spell, yeah. and Ram Ram is a trap, and there's one for monster effects, but I never saw yeah, it no, used. Yeah, no one cared. And then from there, it's just run a bunch of all the exceeds, but that's so much extra deck. It was two Chocanine, two, one of, one Hammer Kong, uh, two, it was either two or three Chocanine, and then two or yeah. three Thoroughblade, and then one Dryden. And then you would run like a mega clops. Yeah, just for the just for the, you know, giggles. Uh but then And I then you would run like a Gustav Max. Yeah, and then I think much later, I think they started messing No, 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 that no, that was before Drago. Oh, and you would run Zeus. Yeah, you run Zeus. Like I the think the deck I, was Zeus Turbo. Yeah, but I think it was also before Draco, because on Master Duel Yeah, it was. Okay, because on Master Duel they also do Draco. You type of Draco feature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, which is ridiculous. But um, that's neither here nor there at the moment. Um, so like, but it was, but like, it, there's a lot of extra deck space for that. So Eldritch is perfect because they don't care about the extra deck. Yeah, exactly. So you could run a bunch of extra extra deck monsters just so you have 15. Yeah, you were running like Constellar Pleiades yeah, and things Abyss like that. Dweller. Yeah, no, you weren't running Abyss Dweller, but you could you, make it. Yeah, but you weren't running it because it wasn't good at the time. Fair. You were running Constellar Pleiades. You were running like you were running uh, two Link Spiders, all the zoos, two zoos, and then you would run like, um, then you would literally run like a Gustav Max and a Leap sometimes if you're yeah. spicy. Oh yeah, yeah. Or you know you just run the. Megaclops or run even run more two megaclopses. Why not? You have space. Yeah, so you, you have a you have a you had a slot or two there. Yeah. So let's go ahead and start talking about these tier zero formats, actually, yes. because we've been rambling. Yes. So we've had a few tier zero formats. By by our account, there's actually six of them. But one of them may as well have been. Yeah, I got tired of hearing you really muffled. No, yeah, that's okay. I understand. Um I'm actually probably going to come out this sweater soon because it's warm in here. Yes, it is. Yeah. This is real flannel. Oh, yeah. I, I can tell. With the fur underneath? Oof. Fleece. Yeah. All right. So uh, the first tier zero format, as far as we can tell anyway, is goat format. And this is, of course, TCG. I know OCG had some weird stuff where like yeah. Exodia was the best deck. But like we're not worried about that. Yeah, that, that's OCG land, not TCG. Yeah, so we're just gonna worry about in the TCG, which your first real tier zero format in the TCG at least is Go Format. Now, Go Format was the summer of 2005. Now, this is a pretty significant time in the game's history. Obviously, Go Format has its own entire retro format named yeah. after it, which is you know, Goat Format. But, it, but it's specifically named after the deck that, at the time, keep in mind, this is at the time, was the best deck of the format. Right, which was Cookie Cutter Chaos. So this was a chaos control strategy where you'd run, like, one BLS, maybe one Chaos Sorcerer, but mostly just a lot of cards to slow down the game and control the game. You're running Sangan. You're running uh, you're running Breaker the Magical Warrior. You're running maybe one Sakuretsu, right? You're, one, you're running all these one-of cards, you're literally running like 35 to 38 one-offs. Yeah. And what essentially ended up happening was everybody had so many cards that you just had to include as a one-off. Almost every deck was the exact same minus one or two cards. Exactly. So then you end up with this tier zero cookie cutter cast for format where the decks are called cookie cutter because they're all basically made like a cookie cutter where they're all the exact same. Yeah. But then like sometimes they'd put M&Ms or sometimes they put chocolate chips on it on the cookie but it's all the same yeah it's still still a cookie right so now you may be wondering well what do you do in a situation like this where all the decks are running the same cards all the decks are running the same things how do you put a stop to that and the question is the answer is that question is you ban all the cards, limit all uh, all the rest of them, and then power creep the hell out of it. Yeah. <laughs> power creep they did real quick. So there's a couple of different cards that released to just power creep this format right out immediately. The likes of which are Cyber Dragon and Exarian Universe. Just those two cards by itself completely eliminates the cookie cutter format. To a point. 
to a point, yeah, because because they're because they're you know because Cyber Dragon's light, so he still fits within the chaos cookie cutter, right? But that's a big but, and he cannot lie. Certainly, <laughs> the ban list was the thing. I cannot emphasize that enough. People say Cyber Dragon ended it. No, Cyber Dragon put the nailed the nail in all the way. Cyber- but the nail itself was well, the ban list. More specifically, Cyber Dragon put the nail in position. The ban list is what hammered it into the coffin. Something like that. The ban list banned all of the most powerful broken cards of the format. All of the sacky cards that people felt were blowouts. And then limited every other card in the deck. So, for context, your newly forbidden cards on the October 2005 ban list are Black Luster Soldier Envoy of the Beginning, Sinister Serpent, Tribe Infecting Virus, Delinquent Duo, Graceful Charity, Pot of Greed, Mirror Force, Ring of Destruction. All of these cards are either still banned to this day or have been power crypt out of relevance. Or the only way they got off the ban list were with a huge errata. So Sinister Serpent, Ring of Destruction, they have been erratated into the ground. Well, BLS did come off the ban list and is now at three, I think. Yes. Yeah. But it's, like I said, been power crept out of relevance. Same thing with Mirror Force and Tribe Infecting Virus. They have a whole set of cards that are just Mirror Force, but better. Yes. And they're still power crept out. Yes. They're still not good cards. Yeah. Your newly limited cards, Magician of Faith, Night Assailant, which just came off the ban list because it caused loops, brother, loops. Yeah, so it got her added. Thousand Eyes Restrict. I was about to say, Magician of Faith, or Moth, is still banned. No, it's not. No, really? I'm almost positive it's not banned. Hmm. Never mind, it's been a power crypt out of relevance then. Yeah, because it's a flip monster. Thousand Eyes Restrict, Sukiyomi, Book of Moon, Book of Taiyu, Confiscation, Dark Hole, Limited Removal, Metamorphosis, Nobleman of Crossout, Scapegoat, and Exchange of the Spirit. Yes, you heard that right. They limited Book of Moon. They limited Dark Hole. Book and Taiyu? Yeah. The, the format was so crazy that they thought bringing Confiscation from Ban to One was a good idea. Yep. That's where we're at. Every single one of these cards that I have listed... All of them, Sinister Serpent, BLS, TIV, the, the 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 trio, Graceful Charity Duo, Pot of Greed, all these, Mirror Force, Rod, Moth. Think about this. We have abbreviations for all of these cards. That's how crazy these cards have to be. Oh, yeah. So, as a result, they hit basically the entire deck. And then also release cards that power crept whatever was left of it. To be fair, for a long while there, the power creeping was like, oh, this whole set came out. There's one good card, the entire set. Yeah, so after Cybernetic Revolution, um, (laughs) uh, then you had the entire GX era of terrible releases. I mean, what else came out in Cybernetic Revolution that wasn't Cyber Dragon? Cyber Twin Dragon. That's still Cyber Dragon. No, it's two Cyber Dragons. Fair. What's better than one Cyber Dragon? Two Cyber Dragons. What's better than two Cyber Dragons? Cyber and Dragon, which is three Cyber yeah, Dragons. Yeah, that's yeah, that that's that's about where that was at. And, and you know, it's better than three Cyber Dragons. Uh, three Cyber Dragons plus Cyber Dark Dragon. 
Infinite Machines. I give you Chimera Tech Over Dragon. Yeah. Using my entire deck as fusion material. Thanks, Future Fusion. That surely won't turn out to be a problem later on down the line. Here's a secret. It does. <laughs> oh, Future Fusion. Another one of those cards that had to get errated. All right. So, with this power creeping of Tier 0 cookie cutter chaos thing, you end up in a stage of relative peace for like a while like four years mm -hmm. three and a half ish. yeah where you know decks come in decks come out right you have the likes of chaos and then you move into a new era of chaos and then a little further down the line you end up with chaos oddly crazy enough, oddly enough all these chaos decks were still kind of cookie cutter but they were still different because chart cards in them were being exchanged out for better and better cards right as they released so right after Go Format, you actually end up with a format that I like, a lot of people like to call Reaper Format, where it's like this Reaper Chaos deck and Reaper, Spirit Reaper is basically like the most powerful card in the game. Yeah. But then also, you know, um, as it turns out, Cyberstein exists. Yeah. Which is kind of a huge problem. Good old Cyberstein FTK. It, it's OTK at this time. Yes. FTK came later. Yeah. So Cyberstein OTK is like crazy. And then you move on a little later and around 2006 you're still playing chaos control mirrors 2007 if i'm not mistaken is when you start getting into monarchs and gadgets yes and then i think we're right around the corner from airblade turbo yes so airblade turbo would be legal for about a week yeah and then then you get diamond dude turbo which is basically airblade turbo but kind of light and then from Airblade Turbo, you get the, you kind of move into a time where it's like Perfect Circle Monarchs and Zombies and a couple of different decks yeah. vying for dominance. Listen, listen, Konami saw Airblade Turbo was about to come an issue and cut that off at the pass. So actually what happened there, which I don't know if you know this or not, this is a fun bit of Yu-Gi-Oh trivia. So the TCG and the OCG ban lists used to be one and the same. Mm-hmm. So what happened is the OCG got Elemental Hero Stratos way before the TCG did. And right as the TCG got the card, a deck called Airblade Turbo was tier zero in the OCG, which basically used Stratos to incrementally build advantage and using Destiny Hero Diamond Dude turbo through your entire deck. To get into your power spells. Right, so you would use Diamond Dude to hit any power spell in your deck. And then the only other monster, if I'm not mistaken, that you're running is Dark Magician of Chaos. And then you're running cards using Dark Magician of Chaos to kind of exploit basically a loop. And you would use it to just spam powerful monsters onto your board. Something along those lines, I could be wrong. Yeah. It, because we didn't play competitive at the time. Yeah, I, I also like saw a video on it like two years ago. That was two years ago. Yeah, exactly. I've slept since then. Right. So overall, Airblade Turbo would have been tier zero here, but they released the OCG ban list just a week after Stratos released. There were no premier Shonen Jump Championship events that weekend. There were some regionals that Airblade Turbo <clears throat> took over three quarters of the spots in. But guess what? 
that like the next Monday the ban list took effect. Yeah. So there's really not. So we we don't really have a true representation of that deck. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. We can only speculate. So then you have, like I said, Perfect Circle Monarchs, which is basically Monarchs using a Destiny or Ho engine as the recursion method to always have tribute material for more Monarchs. Oh, yeah. Um, Trueborn Frog was legal at this point, huh? Um, It either is or it's pretty close, but they were yeah. usually using, like, Malicious and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Fearmonger, and um, there's another one that I can't remember the name of, and they would, like, cycle those back through for, for tribute fodder. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you get a little bit further and the deck kind of evolves as things go forward. In 2008, you have the Dark Arm Dragon Return format. So Dark Arm Dragon Return was the first iteration of the Dark Arm Dragon deck. And it would use Return from the Different Dimension to blow out your opponents. Then came Teladad. Yep. Teladad was the final boss form of dark arm dragon so yeah. so like you started out with perfect perfect like a weird combination of perfect soccer monarch with a little bit of airblade turbo light with diamond dude turbo just a little bit of both yeah and they're like hey so much of this deck is dark dark arm dragon hey these synchros are cool synchros boom teledad essentially whoops, whoops i'll teledad <laughs> yeah whoops all synchro and dark and other stuff then it all just kind of goes together oops whoopsies <laughs> oops pot of dark so essentially a common deck list for a teledad deck would be something along the lines of one to two dark arm dragon then you would run three emergency teleport three krebons which was a level two tuner that came out of duelist revolution you would run three copy you would run um i don't know exactly how many copies i think malicious was at three at the time yeah you'd run as as you'd max it on on mally yeah so you'd run malicious allures you would run things like three destiny draw to cycle through your malicious you would run uh, usually you're running armageddon knight and dark greffer if i'm not mistaken and all of these things together kind of let you flow through your deck in the way you want to where you can say destiny draw away a malicious then activate malicious to summon a malicious from the deck then activate emergency teleport to summon a crebons and then you would synchro, synchro with crebons and malicious to make say a stardust and then you could do another malicious for something else and just kind of keep going and then the malicious as well as the dark greffer and the armageddon knight allow you to manipulate your graveyard enough to where you basically your dark arm dragon is pretty much always live it listen it, it was entirely possible and even in edison this is still possible to have your dark arm dragon live turn zero yeah easily oh easily yeah. like, all it required was dark greffer something and, like that and yeah. some like literally all you had to do was have the right hand yeah it was like uh a special summon Dark Reffer by pitching a Dark to special summon it. That's one. Dark Reffer's other effect to mill a Dark. That's two. And then... Well, and then you could do, like, Mally summon Mally, which puts you back at one. And then, like, an E-Telly for Krebons and then Synchro Mally and yeah, Krebons. and that's three. That's three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something else you could do is, like, let's say you're going second and your opponent has something else when you go off the board. You could also tribute summon Caius. Yeah, in theory. Banish their back row. Oh, look at that. The one thing that stopped my dad. And I have three now. Yeah, absolutely. Good game. 
Yeah, the deck was insane. It was verifiably insane. And at the time, Cold Wave is still a card. Oh Think God, Giant Trunade. Yeah, Cold Cold Wave and Giant Trunade are both still cards. I don't know if Heavy Storm is legal because Heavy Storm bounces in and out of legality. Yeah. A lot. Uh, until, I don't know when. At some point, it got on the ban list and has never left. Yeah. For good reason. For good reason. Uh, For I don't good think. Reasons. I don't think so. I think it should be unbanned. I think it should be at one, but unbanned nonetheless. I mean, if we can have Harpy's Feather Duster, I don't see a reason that we can't have Harpy's or the Heavy Storm. I'm just gonna proc my own. That grass looks greener. Thanks. How are you gonna proc your own? That is, grass looks greener. Is that card? It's the one that if it gets destroyed by a card effect, lets you just special summon out the Ultimate Falcon. Yeah, you can have all of your Waking the Dragons that you want. That's, That's fine. That's it. Yeah, Waking the Dragons. Toy Vendor would proc. That's fine. You can do that with Foolish Barrel Goods. You can do that with Eldritch the Golden Lord. Yeah, but then... You yeah, can but do that anytime you want with any number of things, including Magician Souls and draw cards while you do it. But then you're also doing all of that. All of that right there. But also wiping out your opponent, your opponent's back row in addition to that. Yeah, it's 2022. All their back row is chainable removal. Chainable and removal and removal for what? You're heavy storming. Like, so let's say your opponent sets five pass. Cool. You solemn judgments at three. Let's say they. Yeah, just draw the out, bro. Honestly. <laughs> It's just that easy. If I can't have Red Reboot, by God, give me Heavy Storm. Anyway. I do not see a legitimate reason for Heavy Storm to be banned right now. Back row decks are a problem. Yes, back row decks are a problem, but Heavy Storm, there's just way too much shenaniganery that can be done with Heavy Storm at the moment. I don't care. Okay. Let's talk about what happened to... <laughs> Dark Arm Dragon return. Yeah. Or, well, Teledad. Teledad. So, the Teledad deck was insane. But, it was insane at a bad time for it to be insane. So, there was a couple of reasons that Teledad died off. First and foremost was the same reason that most of these decks die off. The ban list. It just, it just happens. Right? A it deck is the best deck in the game. The players don't like that. It's not going to sell more product moving forward, which is not in Konami's best interest. So the deck gets hit on the ban list. That's just how these things yeah. go. It, it, it's The ban list is Konami's way of being able to keep the rotations going without actually rotating out sets and saying this, these cards are no longer legal for play. Right, exactly. So essentially what happens is the March 2009 ban list really did a number to the Teledad deck. You have Chaos Sorcerer being newly limited. You have Dark Arm Dragon is newly limited. Goyo Guardian, newly limited. Plague Spreader Zombie, Mizuki. These are cards that, while yes, they are used in the zombie deck, they are also usable in the in the Dark Arm Dragon Return deck because they allow you to manipulate your graveyard. So these are cards that weren't necessarily hits to dad, but they were seeing some yeah. fringe playing dad decks. Uh, but they're mainly there for zombie decks. Emergency Teleport is limited. Reinforcement of the Army is limited. Destiny or Malicious is semi-limited. Even Goblin Zombie gets semi-limited. Then you have Allure of Darkness gets semi-limited. Destiny Draw, semi-limited. Gold Sarcophagus. Uh, I mean, the amount of hits 
on this ban list to Teledad is very real and very palpable. You have effectively one, two, three, four, five, at least six cards on this list that you can directly attribute to Dark Arm Dragon Teledad, essentially. Yeah. And then, of course, after the ban list, they also power crept it. Yeah, so around this time, Konami had a pretty clear objective, which was to give the sets that they were releasing a way to make every set relevant. And they did that through the use of archetypes. Now, archetypes are Konami's way of saying, hey, check out all of these cards that have all of these synergies together and see how they go together. That's really cool, right? Right? Yeah, it worked great with uh, Gravekeepers, and uh, we, we talked about them a little bit earlier. Uh, Monarchs? No. Gadgets? No. Elemental Heroes? No. Gladiator Beasts? Yes. So yeah. Gladiator Beasts are the other deck. That was one of the most popular decks. They, they saw all hits on this list as well. You have Gladiator Beast Bestiari was hit on this list. But at the end of the day... They're not going to hit those as hard because that's how they want you to play the game, mm -hmm. which at this time was Blackwings. Then, you know, the next ban list, you would see your first Blackwing card hit with Blackwing yep. Gale the Whirlwind. But that was kind of what Konami was wanting you to play the game with. So when you have a deck that's an amalgamation of all these different things and you have a company that's changing its design philosophy as it goes forward, you're going to end up with some decks like Teledad getting hit even harder than they otherwise would have. I think this is something that we saw with the based deck about yeah. six months ago. Actually, there's actually, actually a little, little interesting thing that I just noticed. Sure. So in the Synchro era, in the 5Ds, the main decks of the main characters were, of the first th uh, four main characters were Junk Synchron. Synchron. Junk Synchron. It's not really a full-on archetype. It was just a bunch of cards that kind of work together to make synchros. Right. Plant. Sure. Fiend. Uh, I guess? Jack Atlas. Almost all the cards in this deck were all fiends. That was like the big okay. thing that kind of... Sure. Uh, and fairies. And then later, they introduced Blackwings and Morphtronics. Um... Sure. At about at about the same time. I thought Morphtronics were a GX thing. No. 5Ds. They're Power Tool. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's Power Tool's uh, yeah. deck. Um, and then now, I think... So I think that was when they went... The site made the, At that point, the anime is when they made that decision to switch over to archetypes instead of just pile decks that kind of were all the different cards. Yeah, I think that that's... Conjunction. I think that there's something to be said for that. I think they always had the idea in mind yeah, because again, Gravekeepers had been around forever. Elemental Dark Heroes. Even if you go even back before then, the Dark Scorpions. Yeah, Elemental Heroes, the the Roid monsters, Vehicroids. The uh, you know Cyber Dragon. Yeah, uh, I think that there was always this idea of these cards that naturally worked well together. Yeah. But I think that making them an explosive, not just a not just a, an engine like what elemental heroes were at this time well, but a full-on fleshed out competitive strategy well elemental heroes at the time was i'll polymerization clayman and bristinatrix well no no that's not true at all you have stratos you yes. have diamond dude you have malicious but 
Diamond Dude was Destiny Heroes, but they're... okay, sure. Yeah. But the hero, the hero strategy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, even moving forward into this era, you see the release of cards like Elemental Hero Absolute Zero, Elemental Hero The Shining, yes. things like that, yeah, which which where you yeah, know, which, yeah, which is where they were trying to start kind of moving Elemental Heroes from just this real, hero engine. Yeah, where it was a lot of vanillas <sighs> with a couple of you know Stratos and Heat and Lady Heat, right? Into more, okay, yeah, we're doing that, but we can also like utilize non uh, elemental heroes like some of your opponents with super polymerization to make right. these new heroes we can be a little bit more generic hey here's this really cool 1900 beat stick that if you actually per- successfully gemini summon it it's got a all right effect right but then also gemini spark yeah and also gemini spark yeah um which is really fascinating to watch uh, because like even if you look at the original uh destiny heroes they don't work together at all at all it's just a bunch of random effects that just kind of that just happen to work also specifically with diamond dude and mally all the rest of them have just completely random effects that like Dreadmaster. you gotta summon him with clock tower prison and he's a big boy yeah plasma he's not a big boy but he skill drains your opponent fearmonger was used yeah fearmonger was used on occasion that sure uh, got used a decade and a half later. Yeah, and then there was uh, Evil Hero Infernal Prodigy. He was used. He was also used a decade and a half later for a format that happened a year and a half later. <laughs> exactly. You know, with the Evil Hero archetypes, but you kind of see what I'm getting at. Right. Yeah. So, moving right along, we've talked enough about that. Yeah, yeah. So right. the next format that we are going to talk about is Dragon Rulers. Woo. So, Dragon Rulers, for us, is the Tier 0 format that we remember the best. So, we were in it. Right. And so, what we remember the best about it is that it wasn't actually Tier 0. We are burying the lead. Dragon Rulers were not Tier 0. I'm very sorry. We lied to you. Caleb lied to you. It was his fault. Basically, it wasn't really Dragon Rulers. It was actually Spellbooks. Spellbooks and Dragon Rulers. Yeah. It was, it was both. Yes. If you looked at the format, there was only two competitive decks... And Spellbook was only competitive because of one card, which is Spellbook of Judgment. If it yeah. wasn't for exactly Judgment... It would have been Tier 0. Dragon Ruler would have been Tier 0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, if it wasn't for all of the Dragon Rulers, Spellbook would have been Tier 0. Even, like... I would almost, almost say they would have been Tier 0 without Dragon Ruler and Spellbook of Judgment. Just No, no, I'd no, no. i almost no. say that. No. But then I remember... You would be wrong. Yeah, no, no. I would, I would say I would almost say that. I remember the other decks that were still floating around at the time. Yeah, no. It, yeah. If, a, there, not there even are, remotely. Because there are a lot of really good decks from the set from the set before. Spellbook was legal to its full capacity, except for exactly Judgment, before Dragon Rollers existed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah and no, it wasn't playable. Yeah, but no, because I remember this, the decks that were before that, and I was like, oh, those remained completely untouched. Yeah. By the ban list. They just got power crept out by Dragon Rulers. So, Dragon Rulers were essentially these level 7s that you could activate from the hand. You could banish things from your graveyard. You could summon them for free. You could do tons of stuff with them. And they were all generic. It was, uh, you could discard it and a dragon or or its attribute to get an effect. And then you could banish it and a dragon or a monster. And then if it is banished. Yeah, then if it is banished, it gets an effect off. And it... What? (laughs) It was insane. And also, at the time, 
they also released the strongest pool of rank seven Xyz monsters that they've ever had to this point. So number seven big eye, I believe, and Dragosac and Mecha Phantom Beast Dragosac were both like just released and they were insane. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, they timed those rank sevens perfectly. Yeah, so Dragosac released in the same set and Big Eye was like one or two sets before. But essentially Which with released this... to no fanfare. Actually it was a very played card. Uh don't listen to Caleb, you're really? wrong. Yeah, it was uh the Mermails would make it. Because Abyss Abyss Megalo is a seven. I completely forgot about Mermail. Yeah. Well I forgot that well I forgot that specifically that Abyss Megalo was seven. I thought he was eight. No, 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 no. I don't no, know no, why no. I thought he was eight. Abyss Megalo and the other level. There was like three Abyss level Gaio? sevens. No, I think Abyss Gaio was the rank, rank seven. Four. Yeah. Or no, yeah, he was the rank seven. Yeah, it was Abyss. I remember one of them was a beluga whale, like the big whale. It was a blue whale. It might have been a blue whale. No, maybe a sperm whale. You look like a whale. I'm sorry that was uncalled for, Kate. I'm sorry that was me. Very uncalled for. I'm sorry. I love you, Caleb. You don't look like a whale. Anyway. Like a manatee. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> Manatees were mistaken by sailors to be mermaids. But that's kind of what happens when that's you've a been generous interpretation. No, that's actually what that's where the myth of the mermaid came from. Yeah, no, I'm just but saying. To that's... be fair. These men were on ships of nothing but men for months at a time. Can you blame them? Yeah, I can, actually. Oh, my God. I mean, I just would have looked at the men a little nicer at that point. Like, <laughs> holy. Oh, we don't talk about the barrel. <laughs> All right. So what we are going to talk about is the reason that Dragon Ruler wasn't Tier 0 was because of Spellbook, and the reason Spellbook wasn't Tier 0 was because of Dragon Ruler. Yeah. And then, like, technically, Evil Swarms are, like, over off in the corner. Just kind of off the corner. We hey, don't talk guys, about I'm over here. So, basically, your format representation at this time was somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, 60% Dragon Ruler, 35% Spellbook, and, like, 5% Evil Swarm. And then everything else. But keep in mind, 60% Dragon Ruler. It was only 5 percentiles, percent points off. Even with Spellbook being in the format. Yeah. And that's, I feel, a really accurate number. You might could say 55-40 instead of 60-35. Which is still insane. But Dragon Ruler is still clearly a better deck. The only reason that Spellbook had a good matchup was because, generally, if you went to, like, say you went to a YCS, right? You have mm -hmm. 10 rounds or 11 rounds of Swiss. You What ended up happening was you would play against almost all Dragon Ruler mirrors, and then you would get to like maybe the last round or two and you end up playing against a spellbook player or two. The spellbook players were main decking like a dozen cards just for the dragon ruler matchup. Dragon rulers were main decking a dozen cards. For, for also the, for the dragon ruler matchup. Exactly. So essentially what happened is spellbook decks are already pre-teched out, ready for dragon ruler. So on average, dragon ruler players in that matchup would lose game one. All the time. But then it became a toss-up games two and three. Right, because then the Dragon Ruler players, well, guess what? That's the only other deck that we're actually worried about. So now Dragon Ruler players are siding 13 to 15 cards just for the Spellbook matchup. Mm -hmm. So almost, almost a smokescreen side at that point. Yeah, at that point, it's not even close. It, it becomes a in, blowout. Literally 15 in, 15 out. And then it came down to whoever got into their side deck cards first. Basically. 
I say side deck. The spellbooks remaining them to begin with. Yeah. So how do you hit this deck? Well, what you do is you have one of the biggest, strongest, and most transformative ban lists in Yu-Gi-Oh! history. To be fair... This is the ban list that split the TCG and the OCG officially. Yeah. To be fair, they did try a couple other things before this to try... No, it. they didn't. This is the first one. No? Were they... I have th I have three lists. Don't worry. We're going to get there. Okay. This is the first one. Okay. This is the first attempt. This was the first attempt, which I was going to bury the lead on, but it's okay. Okay. So... The first thing they did was they released the most one of the most high impact ban lists in the game history. Bands of Burner, Dragon Ruler of Sparks, Lightning, Dragon Ruler of Drafts, React, and Dragon Ruler of Pebbles, Stream, Dragon Ruler of Droplets. And you're thinking, the, wait a minute, that's not the Dragon Rulers. These are the Dragon Rulers. These the are babies. the other ones. The babies. Yeah, in case you didn't know, there were actually eight Dragon Rulers. There were the there were the daddies and the babies. Yeah. The daddies were like were like blaster, redox, tidal, tidal. tempest. Yeah. And these the, ones would just let you search them. Yeah, the, the, it was only discard them and something else. I don't remember how you activate it, but you activate their effect, you discard them, search for the big one. Essentially. So, like, they all essentially say you can discard this card and one dragon type or fire or one earth, whatever. Special summon one of those from your deck. Yeah. It can't attack this turn. Oh, no. Oh, whatever will I do? So, I'm just going just to do multiple of these and then overlay them oh, because look. they got discarded. I, I get opened... their effects, and now I can banish them for their effects. Oh, no. Oh, look. I opened Blaster, Pebbles, Bubbles, and another dragon. Activate both to search. Great. Now, I got two level sevens on board. Make Big Eye or Dragosack. Actually insane. But then I also got all these other effects going on, going on too actually insane yes yeah crazy so they ban all the babies and then they hit everything else including spellbook of judgment which also gets banned even though it's only been in the game for four months and then here's the crazy part they didn't do anything else they didn't touch the biggins yeah they also banned Super Rejuvenation, which was a really big oh, hit to yeah. the deck's draw engine. I get that. That's fine. That's like the, that fair. Was, that was like half their draw engine. Yeah. Also, card destruction, again. Big card. Fair. Fair. And there's a couple limits that you could say were for the deck, although not really. Uh, so you have limits to like Gold Sarcophagus, because when they get banished, they would get their effects. So that, make, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, it's like okay cool <laughs> so then they just kept being good until the january 2014 ban list when they would get hit again and all of the rulers would get limited this was blaster redox tempest and title all getting limited down to one as well as sacred sword of seven stars divine wind of mist valley all of this got limited more of them enablers yeah Debris Dragon even got limited. And this was when Magician of Faith first got from put from uh, zero to one. Also interesting. So you get like at least somewhere in the neighborhood of like 15 cards hit for this deck yep. in overall. And then finally... They made a, that was the second attempt and it still failed. Yeah, the deck was still like playable. Like, they, they were playable as, like, an engine in a yeah. lot of decks still. So, finally, in April of 2015, number a three. full year later, they just gave up and they banned them all. And then unbanned the babies. Yeah, the babies immediately went to three right after this. Because it's like, 
why would we keep the babies banned when they have nothing to search? So. Well, they still have searchable targets because they can search for any dragon of the same attribute as them. Nope. But what, what are... Nope. No, they were, I thought they were dragon They attribute. specifically summoned that dragon. You said it was dragon attribute earlier. They could discard a dragon or that uh, attribute okay. to summon the Fair. exact dragon of that Fair. attribute. The okay. exact dragon. I meant when I said the dragon of that attribute, I meant to say the exact okay. dragon. That's that's on me. That's yeah. on me. I also haven't seen these cards in a decade. decade. Yeah. So overall, um, dragon lures are a problem because Konami just could not be bothered. I think it was also they couldn't be bothered more. They just kept it missing the mark. Yeah. Um, so the next deck we're going to talk about is Pepe. Now, so I have a little thing typed up about Pepe, but I'm gonna be real with you. We didn't play it this time, so yeah. we don't have like an exact everything for Pepe like we do these other decks. But we know for Pepe, it was first hit on the February of 2016 adjusted list. Now, keep in mind, this is not the first good Pendulum deck, but this is the first crazy, amazing Pendulum deck. Listen, the deck would brick, and there's a big reason why I put that in air quotes, and still put out a really hard to break board. I think they were summoning as a thought, if I'm not mistaken. Something oh. along those lines. Yeah, something like that. Like, they, there was a lot of things they could pump out, even though the brick tan just bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah. So, essentially, the cards released, and then two weeks later, we got a February 2016 adjusted list. So, this an was... An emergency ban list. Yeah, essentially, this was an emergency ban list, but it was only enforced at the YCS and regional level. And then any OTSs were allowed to not follow this list. They could either follow the original ban list from January of this year, or they could just follow this list. So what happened is cards affected by this were as of February 8th, 2016, Performage Plush Fire is forbidden. Performage Damage Juggler is forbidden. Teller Knight Ptolemaeus is forbidden. Performer Pal Skullcrapat Joker is limited. Performer Pal Monkey Board is limited. Luster Pendulum, the Drago Slayer, is limited. And in addition to that, the effect of Performer Pal Pendulum Sorcerer got an update. So it got errated. Wow. C could you imagine building this deck, getting ready for this tournament, and then while you're... Because I, I think that they changed that list at the tournament... So, it says here that um, the adjusted forbidden limitless will only affect tier two tournaments such as regionals, YCSs, WCQs, etc. Some official OTS stores may or may not utilize yeah. the adjusted forbidden limitless. YCS Atlanta 2016 was the last YCS series before the adjusted took list took effect. It is probable that a lot of players will use Pepe decks at full force for the last time. So. I'm assuming that YCS Atlanta was going to be the last event before this. Because yeah. I remember uh, Mason telling us a story where he had just gotten the deck, went to a tournament, and then at the tournament they announced the change. Yeah, but I think at that point it's too late because you're already in tournament play. Maybe? Hmm. All yeah. I know is... Oh, okay. Well, look. They announced it on Wednesday, February 3rd. Okay. And it would take place on November the 8th. Ah, okay, okay, yeah. Or they announced it on February 3rd, and it would take place on February 8th. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And in that case, you'd probably already ordered everything. 
I, I know people that got the entire deck and right as they got the whole deck, yeah. it immediately got hit. So then on the February 2016 ban list, it was all made official. Yeah, to where you or, Well, that was adjusted on the April 2016 list. I'm sorry. It was made official. So your April 2016 list, like I said, you have bans of Performance Damage Juggler, Performance Plus Fire, Starlight Ptolemaeus, and then also Chicken Game and Wavering Eyes. And then you Chicken. also have... Yeah, that card's crazy. Yeah, it is. Then you have Elder Entity Norton, Ignister Prominence, the Blasting Drago Slayer, Luster Pendulum, Monkey Board, Skullcrabat Joker, all limited. Finally, Thousand Eyes Restrict comes off the ban list here. Yo, Pog. But even like Drago Face Off, Upstart Goblin getting limited finally. Like, this is all stuff that we see happening finally for this deck to get hit. So. Yeah, and a uh, push fire, I believe, is actually still banned. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, it is still banned. I, I was double checking myself. Yeah. It is still banned to this day. But they've been kind of peeling some of those cards off. I think. Yeah, one by one, every list, they seem to peel one or two pendulum cards off. Yeah, one or two of the Pepe cards specifically off. But, like, right. I remember when I got back in the game, Damage Juggler, I'd come back to three. Yes. Because I was running three in uh, shit all. Yeah. So, next, your big one is Zodiac. So, Zodiac was the next tier zero deck, like we said earlier. This one represented a 100% representation rate at YCS Pittsburgh 2017, I believe. Yeah, but it came in like a bunch of packages, but there was like a ton of enablers for the deck. You couldn't just hit one card. Yeah. So, their response was on the September 2017 list (laughs) to hit Zodiac Broadbull and Zodiac Trident, both (laughs) banned... And then they would go on from the September 2017 list to then go to the, um, let's see what else. I think there was actually another hit in here somewhere that I'm yeah, missing. Yeah, the limited rep here. Not on this list. Yeah, they limited rep here like around that time. Yeah, maybe it happened on the June list and I just missed it in my research. Maybe. Definitely possible. Nope. Huh. Yeah, like because I, I know that was one of the one of the ways they st- slowed the deck down. Anyway, was banning, not banning, limiting rep here because uh, his effect can only special on other copies of himself. Yes. So that, if I'm not mistaken, was live editing done cheap, folks. Yep. Let's see. I can also just Google it. Yes, please do, because I am not finding it. So, I know that on the September 2017 list, you see the banning of Broadbull and Dryden't. Ah, I think this will be it. We have a November 2017 list. Nope, that is the next deck we're going to talk about. That's crazy. I promise oh. we're professionals. Yeah. Uh. Yes, it, it was limited at the same time that Broadbull and Dryden got banned, according to what I just looked at. Oh, I'm just an idiot. I just looked right over it. Yeah. Yeah. So the limited rep here, because it because its effect only special on other copies of itself. So it's kind of like limiting Mally. Essentially. It makes it almost unplayable. So they also banned Digusto Emerald, which was part of the deck. Mm-hmm. They banned Bride Bull and Dryden, like I said. 
Bible, Broad Bowl. They also banned, limited Rat Pierre, which was part of it. Interrupted Kaiju Slumber, which was played in one of the decks with it. Mm -hmm. They also banned Dynamite Knight to True Draco Fighter and True Draco's. Re they limited True Draco's Return. Yeah. And these are all cards that were all hit as part of the Zodiac True Draco deck, which I believe is a thing. Yeah. So, like, almost everything hit here was was part of some kind of zoo variant. Exactly. Like, that, that was how powerful the zoo engine was by itself, that all these other engines just could just kind of stick to it and do well. Yeah. And then next you have Spiral, which Spiral was a deck that was released a lot earlier. But essentially what ended up happening was... They the got deck, new support. Yeah, the deck got a Link 1, and that turns out that was not okay so then in november of 2017 you had spiral gear drone and spiral quick fix were both limited and then february 2018 you turn around come right on back to the well and you limit spiral resort and those honestly are enough right there to truly damage the list i mean i mean yeah. to truly damage the deck yeah to make it still playable but just not worth it anymore compared to everything else in the room right because at this point the deck is just not super duper capable of keeping up with yeah the other decks in the format that are problems so yeah i think dragon link was around this time so 2018 is the time where you're starting to get like thunder dragon yeah and like the 2018 was a terrible year from what i understand it was like the year of the ftk Ooh. yeah any any year that's known as the year of the ftk you had some problems that you needed to, that needed to be taken care of yeah that's that's a rough one that's not it's a hard one to come back from yep so that's why in like january 2019 you have like fairytale snow yeah. grinder golem number 42 galaxy tomahawk tomahawk number 86 rongo miniad topologic gumblar soul oh, charge rongo bongo yeah, Soul Charge. Like, that's all soul getting charge banned could, on this ban list. I mean, because one Soul Charge is like, cool, I'll pay a bunch of life points. Boom, Rongo. Yeah, essentially. Good game. All right, let's do a couple of really quick mailbag questions. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, the next format's going to be Tier Lament Ishizu. That's probably going to be Tier 0. And yep. uh, when it is, it'll get hit on the ban list, hopefully, by banning like 8 or 10 cards. Yeah. Or more. I'm not picking. Okay. Uh, is there a point where buying sealed products from a sealed product or is there a point where buying singles from a sealed product is worse than just buying an equal money's worth of the sealed product for example if buying all the singles you might need would be equal to buying a case or more would it be in better instead to just buy the case no nope just buy the singles there's only one instance where it's better to buy the product the sealed product than buy the singles and that is if if the uh, if the card you're looking for is a promo, and the promo is so good that it's the same cost as getting the thing. That is a thing that does occasionally happen. Yeah, like like let's say it's like let's say the card the promo card is twenty bucks. Oh, I actually I have the idea. I had the Cyber Dragon Structure Deck. Yes. If you find them for ten dollars, that's a good deal because the imperms are twelve. Yeah, exactly. In that case, it is better to just buy three of the structure deck if you can find it at $10 than buying three of the imperms. It's a great example. Yeah. It also depends on what you're doing with bulk 
too. If you're selling yeah. all the bulk individually, then maybe, but I, yeah. I, 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 the, I don't think so. Even then, no, it's still not worth it. Just get the individual cards. Yeah. So, hi, I went to my first locals last Wednesday. I experienced a toxic player that was stalling and maybe Ugh. have done a few cheats along the way. How would you deal with people like that without escalating it into something big? I would just call a judge. Yeah. I, I would just call a judge. Uh, a card shop needs to be a place where you feel safe, comfortable, and welcome. Yep, just... Yeah, and it's... if none of those things, if some of those things aren't happening, then either talk to a call a judge, or if you're not comfortable calling a judge because you don't want to escalate the situation, then I would politely go over to the judge afterwards, tell them your situation, mm -hmm. and be like, I I don't want to be confrontational. I don't want to start something. Yeah. But this is what I was experiencing. Yeah, it's my first tournament. It's a lot to handle. Yeah. Like, is that the norm at this shop that people are hostile like that? Like, what you know, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just yeah. try to kind of get more information, but be polite and stuff too. Oh yeah. So not Yu-Gi-Oh related, but what is your favorite NFL NHL team? If you don't watch hockey, what would be your favorite team based on the logos? Um, Let's look up the hockey logos then. My favorite team is the Golden Knights. So just for what it's worth, I started following the golden knights because they have the same colors as my nfl team the saints so yeah okay this is all of the logos i love i love i'm, I'm gonna love seeing where this goes i have a feeling i know which team you're gonna pick to be honest with you and you're not gonna pick it based on the logo Second one on the far right, second row. Here? Yeah, that one. That's the Vegas Gold Knights, baby. Let's go, Go Knights. Woo! That was unscripted. I love that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I thought you were. I thought if you knew the team, you might pick this one right here, this top left one. Uh -huh. That is the that is the Ducks. Oh, the Mighty Ducks. Literally, they rebranded their entire team to fit the movie when the movie released yeah the mighty ducks uh i thought the cartoon came first i don't know whatever yeah. they rebranded their entire team to be the mighty ducks listen, listen. with the same logo the same color scheme everything listen i was not into hockey at all but everybody loves the mighty ducks i was born a darkwing duck darkwing duck is great now you know the mighty ducks were were part of that Duck now you know it was a hockey movie about a kid's hockey team, right? Yes. Had nothing to do with Daffy Duck. Yeah, Daffy's Daffy's not part of the Duckverse, though. But he's but he's he is Darkwing Duck. No, Daffy Duck. Is... Oh wait, wait, no, Daffy had his own cartoon. Daffy Duck was a Looney Tune, not Hold related on. to Disney. Hold on. Hold on. I'm thinking of something different. Yes, you are. Listen, man. Darkwing Duck, one of the characters is Launchpad McQuack, who is also in DuckTales and Tailspin. Okay, so there is a Daffy Duck that is like... You mean Duck Rogers in the 24th and a half century? <gasps> is that it? That is it! Yeah. Duck. How did you just know that off the top of your head? Yeah, it was the cartoon with Marvin Martian and also the Martian Queen. Um, it was so great. Cause Daffy is an idiot. He's he's a suave idiot. 
Oh my god. What? Everything from my childhood is coming back to me. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Well, that's where we're going to leave you on today's episode. This is a bit longer of an episode, so... Don't you just love how I had the title like... Yeah, it just in your head. Just spot on. That's a good one, yeah. All right, so thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. I'm sorry we didn't go quite as in-depth on the last few Tier Zero decks as we, we wanted we to. We rambled on a bit. Yeah, we rambled on the early, had to adjust in the late. That's okay. The point is, we are still a little fuzzy on those because we weren't playing at the time. Yeah. We just kind of know how they got hit. So, yeah. But, we, like I said, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Of course, the most important thing, if you did enjoy, is, like I said, if you're on YouTube because you came to see my ugly sweater, then, of course, be sure to leave a subscribe if you can or a comment telling us what you think. And, of course, if you are so inclined, you want to support the podcast monetarily, that would be amazing of you. Be sure to check out our the links in the description down below. Most of them, if you click it and buy stuff, we get a kickback. Also, we have a Patreon. The Patreon literally keeps the lights on here. So, if you're interested in any of that, please be sure to check it out. If you are on Spotify or iTunes, be sure to come over to the YouTube so you can see Caleb's awesome hat. So, with all of that said, thank you so much for listening and have a great weekend, everybody. Let's get dangerous. Also, take care, everybody. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.